0: Hello and welcome to Health Healing in Hampton Roads. I am Dr. Felicia Mebbin, the Executive Director of the Center for Public Health Initiatives at Norfolk State University, and for today's episode, we're focusing on heart health, but perhaps in a way that you haven't thought about. We want to put a spotlight on the people in Hampton Roads and the organizations in Hampton Roads who are focused on these and related issues. So I'm so excited to have as my guest today, Michelle Hills. Did I get that right, You Michelle? did. I was waiting. You got Knife. it right. <laughs> Trust me. My last name is Mevin, <laughs> and people don't always get it right, but it's okay. <laughs> Perfect. I'm there to help. <laughs> so, Michelle, tell me about your connection to Hampton Roads. Sure. So, my connection is from
1: one of our rival schools in the area, Uh Hampton University, Uh, uh, where I graduated from some years ago. I won't say how many years, but it's been a while. And so I um, came to this area and loved it and and always wanted an opportunity to come back. And so uh, I'm from the West Coast, but moved to the East Coast. And uh, my job brought me here, the American Heart Association. So I started in North Carolina and then came back to this area. So excited to be back and and having an impact in Hampton Roads. My connection is educational.
0: Nice. And so we are physically at Norfolk State University. I always have to shout that out. (laughs) So do you have any connection to Norfolk State specifically? Besides just doing a
1: lot of um, collaborating with you all, you all have been a great partner of the American Heart Association over the past 10 to 15 years. And so um, when I came in, there was already this pre-established relationship with NSU. And so continuing to really foster that and steward that relationship, um, I don't have any immediate Connections except for just our collaborative work. But as I was uh, saying earlier, just visiting the campus, I'm so impressed with the university and just what you all have done and the programs that exist here.
0: Okay. So so now when someone asks you that question, you know, I can now say Felicia okay. Mebbins okay. at Norfolk State University. <laughs> exactly. That's why I would say that I know. <laughs> Although I'm relatively new to Norfolk State as well. So yeah. I joined the staff in 2017. So okay. I'm familiar with the area because mm-hmm. my sister has lived here. Um, I won't say how long she's lived yeah. here, but in the same way, um, but she's lived here for a while. So I visited a lot, um, yeah. but i been at Norfolk State for that long. So right. I feel like I'm maybe just getting the hang of it, You know, right. just getting to really connect with a lot of people and get into the rhythm of everything in the partnerships. And, and we're super excited. So Norfolk State um, now has a new focus on academic public health, for example. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's bringing us together, right? right. So I'm All so right. excited to learn more. And we'll talk about that more about the partnership. So what brought you to the American Heart Association? So, you know,
1: Crazy enough, my mother had a stroke, and I always tell this story. Um, We always do something called, what's your why at the American Heart Association? So what makes you get up and do the work that you do? And years ago, before I started with the American Heart Association, my mom had a stroke and Mm -hmm. she had that in a grocery store. Mm -hmm. It was a Piggly Wiggly. For those of my North Carolina people that are familiar and the Southern people, it's, it's called Piggly Wiggly. And so she was in the store and knew that she didn't feel well. Thanksgiving time, trying to get the groceries, you know, for the Thanksgiving dinner. And she called my dad and just said, I'm not feeling well. She called me and I said, well, go home, you know, go lay down. She was checking out, and the checker told her, ma'am, I think you're having a stroke. And she said, I am, not knowing that her face was already, um, Mm. you know, drooping. Mm -hmm. She had the slurred speech. And so the young lady was able to call 911 and get my mom to the hospital and get the medicine that she needed um, in a timely manner because we know time is of the essence in those situations. What is really interesting is two weeks prior to that, all of the staff members at that particular store had had training on the FAST acronym because their manager said, you know, there are going to be a lot of people coming in and out for Thanksgiving. I want you all to be aware of this and brought in the American Heart Association to do training. So just two weeks prior. So I went in to say thank you to them. And so at that time, he told me about the American Heart Association and what he was doing with them. And I went on as a, you know, looking for resources for my mom. And at that time, found some opportunities to, you know, to work. And so I was getting my degree in public health at the time. And so I was like, gosh, this would be an interesting organization to work for. And so kind of that's where my um, relationship began. But it all was because my mom had a stroke she was saved by education and prevention resources and training from someone at the American Heart Association
0: wow that's an amazing story because as you as you were talking i was thinking for folks listening i think when we talk about health and healing we mm-hmm. go right to a physician or a pharmacist right. or a nurse but in public health, we train people to mm-hmm. be in the community. You can mm-hmm. be working in everyday positions, yeah. but we can give you knowledge and information and skills that mm-hmm. can then help someone. Because as you said, the quicker someone responds, usually the better the outcome. So you're helping with their healing right in advance by right. doing that. That's This was That's amazing. literally
1: a, a clerk, just and it was a, young, a young lady. I think she may have been on college vacation or something, but she was very young. And just saw my mom and she and they had just trained and she saw that facial drooping and that slurred speech and she said, ma'am, you're having a stroke and it and, wow. and went into action. And so it's very true. And, and that's so important to me as, as I'm out in the community that you just never know who you're leaving information with right, right. and that that could potentially save um, someone's life. But because my mom got that care that she needed less than 10 minutes, that saved her life and also saved her from having some permanent um, damage. Mm-hmm.
0: So hi, Michelle's mom. We hope you're doing well, <laughs> <laughs> hi, mom. <laughs> thank you. So thank you for sharing that personal story. That really, I think, helps people connect. So that, yeah. so I really appreciate that. And also, it's interesting because I think people might. Well, wait a minute. She works with American. Heart Association. Why are we talking about stroke? Stroke, Right. So interestingly
1: enough, so it is the American Heart Association and the American Stroke Association. So we are actually one in the same. And so we focus on heart disease, but also neuro uh, diseases and things that, you know, are affected by the brain. And so stroke being one of those. But we really just talk about all the time the American Heart Association, but we are also the American Stroke Association. Oh, okay. So they are they are one in the same.
0: Okay. See, yes. learn some facts yes. here. Yes. yes, very good. So, tell us more specifically about your role at the at our regional American Heart Association.
1: Sure. So, I am the executive director. So, I'm in charge of um, everything fundraising and revenue related, but also our mission side, which includes advocacy, all the work we do in the community, everything that we do with our hospital systems around quality. So just to give you an example, sometimes people don't know, what does that mean? What do you mean by quality? So my mom, for example, when she kind of went down at the grocery store, the time that it took for her to get an ambulance there, get to the hospital and get the care that she needed, we put in guidelines and algorithms for how much time it should take. And so we are working with hospital systems to make sure they're following those guidelines and EMS workers, as well as um, getting better. How can we improve time? And so that's one of the things that I work with, with uh, work on, excuse me, with our hospital systems in this area. So quality is another issue. All of our work in the schools. So we work with schools here with our Kids Heart Challenge pro, uh, program. And that's like a whole child wellness program. And we've added mental health and sleep to some of the initiatives that we're doing with um, children. And so what's interesting is I come from a community health background. Mm -hmm. And so I started at the AHA in community health and multicultural health because I have a passion for rural um, populations as well as communities of color. And that kind of turned into being the executive director. And so I've been in that role now. I've been with the AHA for seven years, seven years yesterday. And then I've been uh, in the executive director role 3 years next month nice yeah. and and is do you have a region we do so our region is um southeast virginia hampton roads are is where we do the major, of so the seven cities but then we also have outliers so we go as far as eastern shore all the way up to york we go as far as elizabeth city even um and then anything in those rural areas Southampton county isle of Wight, franklin all of those areas as well so we have a pretty large coverage area our next market um is richmond and so but we handle everything east of richmond and all the way down to that top part of north carolina
0: i see so it seems like there's an advantage right because you have I mean, obviously, the American Heart Association, not obviously, let's just say the American Heart Association is national, mm-hmm. right? Is it international?
1: It or? is international. Okay. Yeah, okay. a lot of people
0: don't know that. So it is It is international. Uh,
1: you know, most people say, oh, you're national," but we are. We are doing lots of things throughout,
0: you know, the whole world. Okay. So, so the advantage of having a regional focus though is you have the leverage of the larger organization and then we have you to help focus on hampton roads
1: correct a lot of people are like well you're national what does that have to do what are you doing locally or what right. does that have to do with local initiatives and so you're exactly right we have the support of an international or national organization and so we have this strong support our national office is out of dallas texas so we're able to get a ton of resources and um our a lot of our research um, is funded through that office but then that trickles down locally and so a lot of times people don't know we're funding over $800,000 in research here in Hampton Roads. Wow. And I'm proud to say that six of those projects are uh, at EVMS, and they are the principal investigators and the people leading those research projects are women. Mm-hmm. So that's even more exciting um, for me when I think about you know one in three women losing their lives from heart disease. And so people don't really realize how... What is, you know, you're a national organization, but how does that really affect locally? And so we're doing a ton of stuff in the community um, locally. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's great. And we emphasize women in part because we know there's still some some way to go Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. to have equity in terms of women in leadership roles, women as leaders on research projects, women engaged in some of this. And... And I don't know if this is still the case, but at one point it was my understanding that women didn't really concern themselves with heart disease disease so much. It seemed to be more of a men's men's issue and Mm -hmm. so now we're trying to put more emphasis there. So we we do have heart attacks, ladies. It may not look the same as it It does does for men, but it is definitely something we have to pay attention to.
1: One hundred percent. I'm glad that you brought that up. So we recently did a study um, that showed we, in, we did a survey of, I don't know how many women, but the age range was 25 to 55, I believe. And we asked them what was their number one cause of death. And my goodness, the survey revealed that people thought that breast cancer, women thought mm-hmm. that breast cancer was their number one uh, killer and then followed by uterine cancer, uh, some other uh, form of cancer. And heart disease was not in the top three and it was outstanding to see that Um, and it is the number one killer it it will kill one in three women either heart attack or stroke or some other form of cardiovascular Mm -hmm. disease and so you think about that and then there are these disparities that exist not only in research around women we just released another study there are disparities around women receiving CPR and we're trying to and, and it's and it's for the craziest reason wow it is because People are afraid to expose a woman or that they could get sued. And so what I want to say, and I hope that people are hearing this, there is something called the Good Samaritan law. Mm -hmm. If you are trying to save the life of a person, you are covered legally and cannot be sued when you are trying to save someone's life. But a lot of people don't know that. And so they rather just kind of stand around or call 911 and wait on somebody. And what we know is that time is of the essence and losing that oxygen to the brain is where you see people pass away. And so we're trying to do a lot there. Um, the, again, like you said, the signs and symptoms of a heart attack in a woman do not mimic what you see on television. Right. A lot right. of times you'll see somebody cl- grasp their chest and just pass out on the floor. It doesn't look like that. It can look like indigestion. You could think you, you may be popping a ton of Tums. Mm-hmm. You could have jaw pain. You could have pain in the back of your shoulder blades. Oh, okay. you Wait a minute now. Swe- let me check. Right. Hold on. Okay, no, I'm, good. I'm good. It's, okay. it's all <laughs> these kind of sometimes subtle things that women have and if you have those signs and symptoms and they come and they go away but they continue to come back that is something that we suggest that you need to check you know I tell my mom this all the time you know don't be afraid to look foolish I know sometimes she's like well it, it's not that big I don't need to go what is the harm in going and checking and being proactive and we have to save ourselves as as women and as people and there's nothing wrong with going to the doctor and just checking but I would say it's not always what you think the symptoms and signs are um, in a heart attack.
0: Right. Thank, thank you for sharing that. You're because, and, I, and I'm glad you said that about being foolish because I thought, wait a minute, those are symptoms of other things as yes. well. And so yeah. but on the chance that it could be a risk of this, which would be a lot more serious, you mm-hmm. want to make sure that we really think about following up.
1: We have a survivor that we work with who's a great volunteer of ours, and she had jaw pain and a toothache for a week. And thought that it was just a toothache. She ended up having open heart surgery and wow. had a 90% blockage. And the only symptom that she had was being fatigued and a toothache or jaw ache. Wow. Wow. So you just never know. Any mm-hmm. kind of persistent, your body's trying to tell you something with persistent pain, right, right. things that go away and come back that is the body telling us you need to look into this
0: nice thank you thank you for sharing yeah, that that is very helpful uh, information so Going back to your position, yes. and, and one of the thing, reasons why I ask about your position is because I think it will inspire people. It inspires students or even people who aren't students to think mm-hmm. about different ways that they can help the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your role is definitely an important, and to me, an very interesting one as well. <laughs> so what what do you love most about your job? I would say so my
1: let me just say this so and I'm about inspiring others my background is in communication so mm-hmm. I thought when I was in school I I was broadcast so I thought I was going to be the next, you know, at that time, Diane Sawyer or whoever it may be mm-hmm. um, on television. And then I got into that role and realized, no, I'm more of a behind the scenes person. I'm not I'm not an on camera person. And so I thought, what else am I passionate about? And it was helping people and trying to figure out, well, how can I help? And I got into public health. And so my passion remains that it's the people when I am out like um Yesterday I was out in the community and I'm so happy we're back doing things Mm -hmm. and even collaborating with you all for some upcoming projects. But excited to just, I think what invigorates me is being around people, helping people and connecting people to resources, again, the thing that happened to my mom, never knowing if that is the person that I'm sharing some information with and knowledge with, even what we talked about today. Who could that potentially save? Or, you know, how am I helping? And so I am truly inspired by the work in the community and working with people, you know, one-on-one or in group settings.
0: Right, which is is amazing. Again, I love that you went to Hampton, that you have, you know, all this experience that, again, people here, executive director, they may not think of folks from, you know, with that type of training or background, but yes, folks, all of us do that, and all of us should, and so that's really great. Yeah. So, Okay, now, to be real, what what's a challenge? What's something that... Oh, <laughs> uh, my goodness. You know what? I would say the thing that I probably struggle with the most
1: is time management, which I think is something for all of us. Controlling the calendar, not letting the day get away from you. Today I have, I think, eight meetings. Wow. And three are in person and the other are virtual on the computer. Mm-hmm. And so how do I get my work done in between there? So I'm actually needing to do things outside of the meeting. So how do you really make... Every day, you know, how do you focus on your priorities and push some of the noise sometimes to the side and focus on really what are the things that are moving the needle toward my goals Mm -hmm. or the mission? And that that also there's a daily battle is that time management. And I think so many of us struggle with that. I know the rest of my team that I manage struggle with that as well. Mm -hmm. Mm And how do we do all these things and how can we manage our calendar? So that that's truly a struggle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it's a good it's a good thing to have to be busy. Well, there you go, (laughs) especially when you're doing good work. We want you to be busy, (laughs) but not too much. I mean, there is something called work life balance and we want to have that, too. Um, And I think one of the most challenging things about time management is is saying no. Even to, even to your boss every once in a while, you might need to end priorities, having priorities. Mm-hmm. Say, you say no with a gentle, remember my priority is this, that, the other, mm-hmm. and so maybe I can do that next month. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think I have, I, you know, the older that I get, I feel like it's
1: easier for me to say no in a, in a personal way. Uh, standpoint, but from a professional standpoint, I am that person that always wants to help and take things on and, and maybe, you know, sometimes not delegating as much as I should. But I think, you know, it's gotten a little easier, yeah. but it, I think That's I, I do, that is another area that I could probably <laughs> grow in is, is the
0: no. Is it yeah. we're going to say, um, not right now. Not right, How right now. About that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I want to go back to one of the things you talked about earlier, which are the partnerships that you have. Mm-hmm. I know that Um, AHA has these community conversations. So tell us a little bit more about those. So
1: this was an initiative that started through our national office, and it was in response to the um, pandemic and trying to figure out how can we still reach people? And so it started in this virtual setting of we can bring together people. They can be at their own home. We can be you know, without video, we can be on the radio and bring together these experts or different panel members, community members to have conversations and go in depth on a lot of things that were affecting um, the community at the time. Um, One of the ones that we did, I I felt that was very impactful was around the COVID-19 vaccine and the myths that were surrounding it at the time. And we specifically focused that on the African-American community and um, some hesitancy on vaccines. And we had a really, deep conversation about what are truly the fears around and there and a lot of them are valid. And so what are those fears? And you know, had some community members as well as clinicians be able to talk about that and we also had some um, church leaders that were able to also weigh in on that and so this was really just in response to the pandemic trying to figure out a way to be creative to still get messages out but without congregating and and all that kind of uh, thing and so now you know excited to take it to an in-person community conversation and and so as you know, that's something that, you know, we're going to do right here. You all are our first to host our first in-person community conversation in and at an HBCU.
0: Okay. Can I get a woo woo? Yes. <laughs> so, yes, people, that was a leading question, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but why conversations?
1: You know what? Because I think a lot of the times when people are receiving information, sometimes it is preached at them mm-hmm. or you know, uh, they're they're not able to have that two way dialect or mm-hmm. that two way communication. Mm-hmm. And so we really wanted people to have that guard down. It is a conversation. Mm-hmm. And so the audience is feel, feels free to speak, the audience can ask questions, but also our panel members also are just having a conversation. It's a dialogue, no one is preaching at you, no one is telling you you have to do this 100%. We're just giving some different ways to consider mm-hmm. um, some things and, and hopefully we will leave you with some value that you can add um, in your day-to-day life. So right. I think that that was the biggest thing, so that it just feels like this two-way communication.
0: Nice. And so, yes, we're having a community conversation on the Norfolk State campus. And on October 1st, 2022, and the entire community is invited to join us, Correct. tell us a little bit more about some of the other aspects of it. Because we, sure. we wanted it to be something that would be, dare I say, fun. So we, you can yes. have information and fun, ladies and gentlemen. And so Correct. <laughs> tell us a little bit more about the combination of experiences that people would have.
1: Sure. So we will have, uh, in addition to the panels that we'll have, where we'll talk about different health aspects, um, we are going to have a wellness village. And so in that, wellness village you're able to visit these different stations have some interaction with different community members and experts but we have health screenings we will have um, food, food. Oh, food. food. Yeah. i'm sorry free food that free is number food. one that is number one free heart healthy food. It's going to be <laughs> good though. Very good. Good and healthy for you. The other thing I think was important is we're going to do the other fun element is we're going to do something called field day. And a lot of people remember field day. I know back in the day when I was in elementary, you would go outside, you would do the potato sack races, excuse me, you would do the tug of war and all of that kind of stuff. We are bringing that to the university. And so we will have field day, and so very excited about that. We're going to have some prizes available um, for participation, and it's just going to be an overall good, fun, day to get information about uh, healthy topics, but also to just come out and be amongst each other again.
0: Mm-hmm. And some dancing. Some oh, line some dancing. dancing. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. some line, mm-hmm. which is also heart healthy and, exactly. and getting people
1: moving and just encouraging those uh, students as well as the local community to think about some, some additional habits that we can start to uh, incorporate in our daily lives, mm-hmm.
0: so it's like a cookout with a conversation. It is that is, and that's. I think I feel Which, like when
1: we started planning, yes. that is what we kept in our mind. We're like, we wanted to be like a healthy cookout, right. And then have some information that people can can leave with,
0: right? So yeah. it's like you know, when the, when the aunties and the uncles yes. come up and you know share, <laughs> drop some nuggets of wisdom. That's yes. what we're gonna do. Yes, but what I really
1: am <laughs> excited about is that at each each of our panels that we have, and we have four and during those different topics, we do have a student that's represented a stu- student representative during each one of those panels and i thought it was so important when you think about conversation and that two-way communication to have the students represented and to hear their voice about some of these issues like i said when we did that survey of women we started with a young age and 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 25 already saying they didn't think heart disease was you know affecting them right I know twenty-year-olds that are in heart failure, right, and so right. I hear these stories all the time. We have twenty-year-olds in heart failure. We have twenty-year-olds having heart attacks. We have twenty-year-olds having strokes. Mm-hmm. We are living in a different world um, at this time, and so just to be aware that it is heart disease is not a disease of an older man. Right. Um, right. This is a everyone's problem.
0: Right. Right. That's yeah. really great. And and the thing is, even if you're not concerned for yourself. We're a community. Mm-hmm. So come learn some things, share with your family, share with your friends. You mm-hmm. just never know who, like as you, with your mom, you right. never know who would, might benefit yeah. from something that you pick up. Yep.
1: And another thing I wanted to say, after I mentioned, we are going to have um, some hands-only CPR training under one of our tents as well in one of the Wellness Village areas. This is an important initiative. We we really have um, a goal in Hampton Roads that we want at least one member of every household to be trained in CPR or hands-only CPR, which is not the certified version. This is something you can learn in 90 seconds, 60 seconds. And so our goal, though, is that one person in every household, and that's a lofty goal, but it's so important. That time from when someone stops breathing or goes down, between the time that you call 911 and they get there, if you could keep that person's oxygen going, that allows them to not become brain dead so to speak or lose that oxygen and increases survival by more than triple. Wow. And unfortunately a lot of households no one in the house knows how to do CPR Um, I I hate to say this but a lot in our brown and um, black communities Mm -hmm. and so this is a big initiative we're going to have a huge campaign it's called Be the Beat and so Be the Beat means be someone's heartbeat until help can arrive And so that's That's going to be huge too.
0: That's really great. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like, again, we we probably need to have a couple more episodes. We'll maybe maybe do that later. Yes, yes. So is there anything you wanted to say as a shout out as we uh, wrap up? I just want to shout out uh, this partnership
1: and the collaboration and Norfolk State in general for just being so welcoming. I'm excited about the opportunities. I'm excited about the public um, health initiative. And I just wanted to say thank you, you know. And this is coming from uh, oh, a woman from Hampton University. Okay, y'all how she had to throw that, had that back in that. there. <laughs> Homecoming season is amongst us. So. That's
0: right. You oh, well, actually, we'll just end the conversation right there. Okay. <laughs> um... thank, you, thank you, sir. In all seriousness, thank you so much. And thank you for being a wonderful guest. We really appreciate having you here, Michelle Hill, um, Executive Director at our Regional um, American Heart. And Stroke Association, AHA. Um, And thank you also for everyone who's listening. Again, this is Dr. Felicia Mebbin with the Center for Public Health Initiatives at Norfolk State University. And we thank you so much for joining us. We are Hot 91, the soul of VA.